Welcome everyone to the Score Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host Justin Boone, the lead fantasy analyst at the Score, and today's episode is presented by Head and Shoulders. Offense for great hair, defense against flakes. We have finally made it. The fantasy playoffs are here. I know some of you started your playoffs last week, but in most leagues, it's weeks 14 to week 16. I've also talked about before, you should not be doing your championship in week 17. If you are, make sure you get that fixed before next season. And if you're still listening right now, that means you're in the postseason. So congratulations on that. I think the only person who listens to the podcast who isn't in the fantasy playoffs right now and who doesn't actually even play fantasy football is my dad. So shout out to Gord Boone for supporting the podcast, listening to every episode. But your focus right now is one week at a time, making sure you're getting the win, making sure that you're advancing. That's all that matters right now. Trade deadlines have passed, uh, bye weeks have passed, the time to stash guys for later in the season. That's mostly done. You're running out of time to do that now. I mean, if you're streaming quarterbacks or you're streaming defenses, you might want to grab some guys who have good matchups in week 15, week 16, throw them on your bench. Even if you're just trying to block an opponent from getting them and potentially using them against you. But other than that, you should always be stashing backup running backs, high upside guys, handcuff guys on your bench at this time of year. So you can still do that. And we're going to talk about one guy who could be a lot more valuable after an injury in week 13 might have opened the door for him, but we'll get to that in the injury section and in the waiver wire section. And that's what we're focused on for today's show. We're going to keep it quick. We're going to run through those injuries, the ones that are going to have an impact on your roster, on your matchups this week and over the next couple weeks. And then we're going to go over the top waiver wire ads that are going to help you get that win this week, advance in the fantasy playoffs, and hopefully take home a championship as well in a couple weeks. Before we get to that, though, just a reminder, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform you're using. And while you're there, check out the other awesome shows we got on the Score Podcast Network, like the Score MMA Podcast with James Lynch or Pound the Rock, our NBA show. You're not going to regret it. We got a show for pretty much every sport. I mean, not cricket or curling unfortunately we don't have anything for those fans but for the major sports we got you covered i promise you you'll enjoy them if you check those out okay let's dive into the injuries because there's quite a few to go over here and we gotta start with dalvin cook so cook left the game on monday night and it looked pretty serious he's been dealing with the chest issue the last couple weeks he underwent x-rays went right to the locker room after he got hurt to get checked out X-rays were negative, but he sat out the rest of the game, and now his Week 14 availability is in doubt. I know after the game, Cook claimed he's going to be fine for Week 14. Head coach Mike Zimmer downplayed the injury as well, but Dr. David Chow, pro football doc, most of you probably follow him, he believes this is an SC joint sprain, which involves the, the collarbone and the sternum and can be really painful to play through, he says. Uh, Matthew Betts, who's the injury analyst for fantasy footballers, he also believes that there's a chance here that the Vikings could elect to sit Cook for a week, maybe more, just to get him healed. So both injury analysts compared this to Tyreek Hill's injury earlier in the year, and they said it was a milder version of that injury, but something similar, and we know Hill missed about a month with that injury. So that makes Alexander Madison this week's top pickup. He should have already been owned. I mean, he's arguably the best handcuff or high upside backup running back in the league. And I've talked about him a bunch of times on these waiver wire shows in that column as well. On Yahoo, he's only rostered in about 30% of leagues. I believe at ESPN, that's a little over 50%. 
whether Cook plays or not, Madison has to be owned. We're going to talk more about him when we get to the waiver wire section, but he is a player that you need to be aggressive about picking up. And when I say aggressive, I mean you're emptying anything you got left in your FOB budget. You're using that number one waiver priority. Until we know more, unless we know that Dalvin Cook is going to actually be fine and he's practicing in full later in the week, which I don't expect, either Cook's going to miss this game or Cook's going to be limited in this game. And either way, Madison becomes interesting as a play this week. We also have more trouble in the Chiefs backfield. So Damian Williams missed this game with a rib issue. Now Daryl Williams is likely going to miss a couple weeks with a hamstring strain. Andy Reid even admitted that the injury seems pretty serious when Andy Reid spoke on Monday. He said that. And it's strange that when he talked about Daryl Williams' issue, he didn't update Damian Williams' injury in that press conference. But we're going to have to wait and see now. We'll have to see if Damian Williams can get back in the practice field this week. Otherwise, it's going to be LaShawn McCoy and Darwin Thompson's show here. And McCoy's been load managed over the last month, including he sat out a game. They just rested him a game in hopes of recharging his battery to maybe get a little more from him down the stretch. And we haven't really seen it even since he's come back from that. So Thompson, a very intriguing name on the waiver wire. One of the top pickups this week as well. Greg Olson suffered a concussion which normally keeps guys out at least a week. Not everyone, but most players. And with Ian Thomas playing pretty good, I mean, he's waiting there in the wings. It only makes sense for Olsen to sit out this one. They can give him as much time as he needs to get back and get healthy. And Thomas has produced whenever Olsen's been out. So he's a name we're going to be talking about in the tight end section a little bit later. TJ Hawkinson sprained his ankle and then the Lions just placed him on IR. No need to mess around with the health of their first round pick there. It's a lost season for the Lions. They're out of it. So rest Hawkinson up for next season. With Matt Stafford out with all the injuries mounting on their offense, I'm not looking to pick up Logan Thomas or Jesse James. I don't think they're going to be fantasy options. And I know he didn't do much this season, but Hawkinson is going to be a good tight end for a long time in real life and in fantasy there. So no worries about him. Let him get healthy. Kalen Balaj wasn't doing much with his opportunity in Miami. You never want to see a player get carted off, though. It's a leg injury. They're saying it might be a torn ACL. That's not coming from the team. That's just coming from some of the injury analysts out there. But regardless, it's highly unlikely that we're going to see him again in 2019. I'm just not sure you want to invest in this Dolphins backfield, though. It hasn't been very productive to this point. We don't know how the touches are going to be split between Patrick Laird, between Miles Gaskin. So unless you're desperate in a deeper league, I'm not rushing out to get either of these guys. Sam Darnold, after a couple solid games here, he wasn't able to do very much in a great matchup with the Bengals. And on Monday, we might have found out why. Adam Gay said he's dealing with bruised ribs with a knee injury as well. We're going to have to watch his practice participation. It seems like Darnold should be able to play through this, could lower his ceiling a bit. And he's got another great matchup with the Dolphins this week. But if he's out there, you're going to play him against Miami. Every quarterback goes off against Miami. So it's just going to be a pain tolerance issue for Darnell. And we think that he's going to be able to play through it. Baker Mayfield, he also got banged up on Sunday. Smashed his hand on a defensive lineman's helmet when he was making a throw. He left the game, got x-rays. They were negative, And he was actually able to play the rest of the game wearing a glove. It helped him with the grip a little bit. So sounds like this one isn't serious and Baker should be able to go against the Bengals this week, which is another good matchup for him. So let's hope he's not hindered in any way there. Let's hope Amari Cooper is not hindered as well. It seems like he's just going to continue to battle through these injuries to keep playing. He had to undergo an MRI this week. Turned out to be fine from what we're told. 
limited practices are going to be coming, though. That's what he's been doing for a while now. It's going to continue, but he should be out there again. And even at less than 100%, you have to start Cooper, even when it's in a tough matchup on the road in Chicago. He's just going to get bumped down my rankings, more into that mid to low end wide receiver two range. He's not getting that wide receiver one treatment from me anymore. And a big part of it is just because of those injuries. Not really fantasy relevant here, but Chester Rogers out for the year with a fractured knee. And man, the Colts have just been cursed. That receiving core has just been hit with injuries so bad. T.Y. Hilton hurt. Devin Funch is not being activated off IR now. Paris Campbell wasn't able to play last week. He's been out. Good chance we might see Campbell this week, maybe even Hilton. So keep an eye out for them coming back. We should also see Julio Jones back this week. He sat out on Thanksgiving, but the Falcons are reportedly optimistic about him playing. His teammate Austin Hooper's been back at practice. We might get a chance to see him in the lineup this week. At worst, at worst, seems like week 15 would be the latest that we'll get Hooper back. So for the fantasy playoffs, Matt Breda practiced last week, but he wasn't able to go. He's got a shot to play in week 14, you have to think, unless the 49ers elect to give him a little more time to rest with Raheem Mostert playing as well as he is in a monster game last week. So we'll see if they're going to bring Breda back in this one. But based on the way he practiced limited fashion last week, you have to think Breda will probably be active in this game. Adam Thielen as well. He's nearing a return. Thought he was going to play this week. He reportedly had some sort of a setback early in the week, but then he was able to practice later on in the week, but just wasn't good enough to go in the Monday nighter there. So good chance we're going to see him in week 14. John Ross... The Bengals wideout's going to be back this week. We saw him go off early in the year. He's a deep ad, though. It's possible what's going to happen here with Ross back is he's just going to cloud this receiving core when it comes to fantasy. I don't think he's going to emerge as an impact player down the stretch, but we've seen Auden Tate playing pretty well. He might be hurt by Ross coming back here, but you could toss both those guys on your roster just to see how it plays out. They're much deeper plays, though. And then Jordan Howard, we're waiting on him I'm starting to wonder if we're going to see him at all the rest of 2019. That Jay Ajayi signing, it was pretty ominous as it turns out. The Eagles knew that Howard was having some trouble there, but we'll watch for practice reports for Howard because the Eagles still have a really good schedule coming up. I know they've been struggling, but the Giants, the Redskins, decent matchups the next two weeks if Howard can get back at some point here. And that brings us to the waiver wire. Remember, you could see the full waiver wire column on the score app it goes up on monday nights it's already up you can check it out now let's start with quarterbacks sam darnold he's around that 60 percent ownership mark he would be a good streamer this week as long as he's healthy so i mentioned him off the top of the column ryan Tannehill. now he's 39 percent owned with the fantasy playoffs here like i said all that matters is that you need to get a win this week and the matchup for Tannehill is great. He gets the Raiders. Now, the Raiders defense, they've given up the second most passing scores. They've given up the ninth most passing yards this season. And then you have Tannehill, who's really been getting it done. He's thrown multiple touchdown passes in five of the six games since he took over as starter. He's been using his legs. Prior to week 13, he racked up 37 rushing yards at least in three straight contests, and he had three rushing scores during those games. So that's been an underrated part of his fantasy outlook for a while here. It looks like he's the quarterback for the Titans now. It's nice to see him rejuvenating his career. Unfortunately, it's coming with Marcus Mariota being sent to the bench, but Tannehill's getting it done. The matchup is great. He's a guy that you can trust this week in that game. A guy that you can't really trust, but you could potentially use him 
if you need a quarterback this week is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now he's playing against the Jets and the Jets, it seems at this point, like the Jets are kind of giving up on the year a little bit. They started the year off strong. And then more recently, they give up three touchdowns to Fitzpatrick a few weeks back. They gave up three touchdowns to Gardner Minshew. They gave up four touchdowns to Daniel Jones. They gave up two touchdowns to Dwayne Haskins. Those are not very tough quarterbacks to go up against. So when you're giving up that kind of production to those guys, it's a really, really serious problem here. And Fitzpatrick, we saw him put up three touchdowns there. So we could have another big day for him here. If you're looking for that upside streamer, Fitzpatrick's been getting it done. I know uh, what I mentioned in the article is that Fitzpatrick's one of those guys, kind of like Jameis Winston, where he could give you a five touchdown day. He could also give you a five interception day. And it doesn't really matter on the opponent. Any week, anything is possible with him. But in his last five games, we've seen him put up top seven fantasy finishes in three of those contests. He's a, a high risk, high reward play. Definitely somebody you could use this week. Looking at running backs, the guys I mentioned off the top, Matt Breda, LaShawn McCoy, Darius Geis, Rashad Penny, Duke Johnson, they're all around that 60% ownership mark. They would be the top pickups if available, but Madison is right there with them. He's just going to be available in most leagues. Like I said earlier, in Yahoo, around 30% of the leagues he's owned. In ESPN, it's closer to 50%, but until we know what's going to happen with Dalvin Cook here, you have to go out and get Madison. It's a great matchup with the Lions this week, and it doesn't take that much for Madison to produce. Now, if Cook's out, he's probably going to get around 20 touches in that game, so really a huge day is on the table for him. But even if Cook plays and is limited in some fashion, Madison gets more touches. We saw on Monday night, he had 73 yards on just eight touches against the Seahawks. He can give the Vikings 80 to 90% of what Cook can produce. So like I said earlier, whatever fob money you have, if you have the number one waiver priority, go out and get Madison. Don't believe the reports like he's saying that he thinks he's going to play. Players are always overly optimistic about their own health. So don't worry about that. Go and get Madison just in case because he could be a weak winner or potentially a league winner if he gets to play more over the next couple weeks here. Benny Snell still on the list. With James Conner's Week 14 availability, it's in doubt. We don't know for sure. And the way Conner was talking last week, it really made it sound like he's going to take all the time he needs before he comes back. He wants to get healthy. So I'm not really expecting him to play this week. There's a chance that he'll be back. But for now, Snell, he's not doing very much as a receiver, but he's getting a ton of volume. He turned 22 touches into 103 yards from scrimmage against the Bengals a couple weeks ago. And then this past week, 17 touches, 67 yards, and a touchdown against the Browns. Now he's going to go up against the Cardinals. Their top 10 in fantasy points allowed to running backs. And the way this Steelers team is playing now, they're relying on their defense to keep the game close. And that's going to ensure that Snell's going to get a lot of volume because they don't want to put it in their quarterback's hands. It's going to be Devlin Hodges this week, Mason Rudolph, whoever's played quarterback since Ben Roethlisberger went down. They haven't been getting it done. They can't carry that often. So they need the run game and the defense to do it for him. And the Steelers opened as favorites in that game, so it's another reason why you'd think Snell could get a lot of work on the ground again. Darwin Thompson talked about him in the injury section. This Chiefs backfield, crushed by injuries. Darrell Williams is going to be out. 
Damian Williams, we don't know. LaShawn McCoy, his workload, they're not going to give LaShawn McCoy 20 touches at this point. Even if they did, he would not be very effective with him. So we saw Thompson in the preseason put up good stats. We saw last week after Williams went out, Thompson had 44 yards on 11 carries. The problem here is the matchup with the Patriots. It is a terrible matchup. So you can't get overly excited about him, but with all these injuries, when you're looking at a guy who could potentially be a league winner down the stretch, Thompson fits that bill. We saw Damian Williams do it last year when he came in late in the season and virtually came out of nowhere to put up huge stats. Thompson has that kind of explosive ability. I don't know that they would ever give him 20 carries. He's not that kind of back, but he can produce 10 to 15 touches he could put up a pretty solid fantasy day for you. So let's hope that he gets his opportunity this week. Raheem Mostert, it feels like so many of these running backs this week have injury concerns that are kind of throwing us off or making their situations uncertain. With Mostert, just had that huge game, 19 carries, 146 yards, and a touchdown. Also had two catches for eight yards in that game. It's the second consecutive outing where he's found the end zone too. So He's been very involved in the offense, but that's been because Matt Breda's been out. So we don't know if Breda's going to be back. Seems like he probably will be, but if he comes back, we don't really know the touches will be deployed either. We don't know if they're going to bring Breda back into a bigger workload. Could it turn into a, a three-man committee at that point with Tevin Coleman and Breda and Mostert? It's possible, but I want to own a piece of this 49ers rushing attack. So I want to go out there. I'm not bidding as high on Mostert as I am on those other guys, unless we find out that Breda is going to miss time. But right now, Mostert's someone that I want on my roster, just in case we see another injury happen here, and just in case he gets more work down the stretch, because we know how productive that 49ers rushing attack can be. And then we don't know if Marlon Mack's going to be back this week or not. It's a tough matchup for the Colts, but Jordan Wilkins jumped ahead of Jonathan Williams last week. So if Matt can't go, Jordan Wilkins, Naheem Hines, they would be potential starters. I like Hines a little bit better just because the, the Bucks are pretty tough on the ground against running backs. And Patrick Laird, Miles Gaskin, if you want to throw darts at that Dolphins backfield, you could. It's just not an area that I'm going to, I'm not going to want to go pick those guys up and put them in my lineup this week. I just can't trust that Dolphins backfield for fantasy. Looking at receivers, Sterling Shepard, Robbie Anderson, Debo Samuel, they're the guys around that 60% ownership mark. I've talked about them in past weeks. You can go and pick them up. Good matchups. They're all coming on strong recently. A.J. Brown, now, he wasn't able to come close to repeating that 135-yard one touchdown day that he had in Week 12, but he put up 45 yards, had just four targets this past Sunday. Volume is always going to be a problem for the Titans receivers. But here's why I'm going after him. It's exactly the same reason why I talked about Ryan Tannehill earlier. Going up against the Raiders. Now, Brown is 25% owned, so he's still available in a ton of leagues out there. Looking at the Raiders, they're bottom five in football outsiders, pass defense, DVOA. They've given up 50 yards at least to 11 different receivers since that week six bye. So you can attack them through the air, even if the volume's not there. Brown's going to have some success against that team. I like him as a strong wide receiver three. And even Corey Davis, who's only 27% owned, he warrants consideration. He hasn't been able to pop off as much as Brown has this season, but both of them could be used. I'd look at Davis as more of a flex play, though, just because he has a, a lower floor. James Washington has just gone off. His recent stat lines, four for 69, six for 90 and one, three for 49, three for 98 and one, 
and four for 111 and one. It doesn't matter who's that quarterback. He's just producing. Now he goes against the Cardinals. They've struggled to contain wide oats this year. They've allowed, they just allowed 172 yards to Robert Woods. They just allowed 134 yards to Debo Samuel. And those are just in the last two games here. So Washington can be started with confidence as a wide receiver three. And he has wide receiver two upside as well. And I'll also mention Anthony Miller. Now, you don't want to start a guy who's attached to Mitch Trubisky and who's not named Allen Robinson. But Miller has produced recently, and it's all about the targets. 11, 9, and 13 targets in his last three games. He had that 140-yard performance on Thanksgiving. And in the games this year where he's seen at least seven targets, that's happened five times, he's averaging six catches for 77 yards in those games. So if the volume continues here... He's somebody that could sneak into your fantasy lineup, and he hasn't found the end zone yet this year, and that's something he did seven times as a rookie, so there's going to be some positive aggression coming for him in that touchdown column, and as long as that volume continues, Miller's a pretty intriguing wide receiver for flex option the rest of the way. And then there's a couple guys that are going to get impacted by injury situations. You have Zach Pascal going up against the Bucks. It's a very nice matchup for him, but we don't know are T.Y. Hilton and Paris Campbell going to come back. If that happens, Pascal's not interesting at all, but if both those guys remain out, Pascal could get in your lineup. Darius Slayton, is Golden Tate going to be back from the concussion or not? He's going up against the Eagles. He's somebody you could play. The Bengals guys, their potential options, Auden Tate, John Ross. Matchup isn't great against the Browns, and we don't know what the situation will be with Ross back in the lineup, but they're worth consideration. Randall Cobb, Cole Beasley, those are guys you've been able to trust the last couple weeks. They've been putting up decent stats, but don't love the matchups there. The Bears, the Ravens, respectively. Not sure you're going to want to trust those guys this week outside of deeper, deeper PPR leagues. At tight end, Jack Doyle, Dallas Goddard, Ryan Griffin, Jacob Hollister, Kyle Rudolph. They're all around that 60% ownership mark, so they're probably owned in your league already. If not, go out and pick them up. Because the other tight ends, we're going to have to go a little deeper here. And you don't really want to trust Vance McDonald because he hasn't topped 40 yards in a game this season. He only has one trip to the end zone since week two. But he's going up against the Cardinals. And the Cardinals, it's like they don't even know tight ends exist. I mean, they've given up 13 touchdowns to tight ends this season. And last week, they turned Tyler Higby into a superstar for one week. He had seven catches, 107 yards. And a touchdown. If all those other guys that I named are already owned, McDonald is someone that you could, it's a dart throw, but he's someone that you could put in your lineup just based on the matchup this week. Mike Gusecki's been coming on. He had a tough matchup last week with the Eagles. He put up 79 yards and a score. It's his second straight game with a touchdown. And his fifth straight game where he's gotten at least six targets. We know the Dolphins are in comeback mode quite a bit. They throw quite a bit. Also, that running game isn't doing very much, so they have to take to the air. And Gasecki has a low floor. Everybody in this offense outside of Devontae Parker has a pretty low floor, but Gasecki's kind of stepped up into that de facto number two receiver with Preston Williams out. He's kind of stepped up into that spot, and Jets safety Jamal Adams is banged up, so could be a good outing here for Gasecki. And then Ian Thomas, who I talked about in the injury section, if Greg Olson is going to be out. Thomas put up some pretty good stats last year. From week 13 on, when Olson was out of the lineup, Thomas was the tight end six in fantasy. And even last week, he had four catches for 24 yards after Olson left. So 
would look at him as a, a tight end two with a pretty good draw against the Falcons. Somebody you could use as a streamer if you were in a pinch. And that is all for today's show. Remember, you can find the full breakdown of all the Week 14 waiver wire options over on the score. And make sure you're subscribed to alerts from the NFL Fantasy News section on the score app. And follow me on Twitter, at Justin Boone. A big thanks to all the injury analysts across the industry, like Dr. Chow and Matthew Betts, who I talked about off the top. There's also Gene Brammel, who kills it for football guys. Jesse Morse, the fantasy doctors. We had him on before the season. Virginia Zakis, the good folks over at Inside Injuries. She joined us back in January. They do great work. John Veros from Sports Injury Solutions. There's a few others. I'm sorry if I'm forgetting them, but those are the main ones I've been using. Their work is just key for making decisions, whether it's my rankings, whether it's setting lineups. So I just want to thank them all for the great work they do. And as always, big thanks to all of you out there for listening, and we'll see you next time. Said leave on time, my baby said leave on time, leave on time with me.